Good morning, Forest Park. Kicking off a brand new series today. So glad you are with us. You know, two years ago this week, we closed our service at Forest Park, said goodbye as we've done for years, and went home. And I didn't see a lot of you again for almost a year. Some I've never seen again. Two years ago, our nation and world seemed normal. People went to school, worked, church, played sports, attended small groups. Our global outreach team was in the process of planning for Ecuador 2020 and Kenya 2020. We were planning VBS for the summer. We were moving forward with the women's conference, Adore. We were, um, my son was moving to Corpus Christi to become the new student pastor there at Church Unlimited. Ashlyn, my daughter, who just led worship a moment ago, she was moving along well in her pregnancy. Then overnight, everything changed. Nationwide lockdown was mandated, schools closed, jobs moved off-site or for essential workers only, and churches. I never thought I would see it happen, but churches turned out the lights and closed it all up. We were forced to move our services online. We canceled our global outreach experiences to both Ecuador and Kenya. We withdrew our women's conference from our calendars. We suspended VBS and all groups. Hundreds of people disconnected. We lost momentum. We lost community. We attempted to connect as many people as we could through Zoom, online church, online groups, special announcements, gatherings via phone and iPads, but we couldn't keep up with all the changes. You know, technology is, is a wonderful tool, but it's not the same as gathering face-to-face, shoulder-to-shoulder. A computer screen, a TV screen cannot match warm bodies and human connection and the senses being flooded with people. Then after seven long months in October 2020, we reopened, anticipating everyone returning and expecting things to get back to normal. It's like, okay, been there, done that, we're, we're finished with it, let's move on. But during the COVID disruption, normal changed. Culture shifted. People were different, which meant FPC was different. Nothing was the same. People were asking different questions, facing new problems and looking for better solutions. People were afraid. They were worried. And there was and remains confusion in the air. Difficult, disappointing challenging or a few of the words I use to describe these last two years. For 24 months, no one knew what to expect or what to do. The news reported over and over again the number of COVID cases and the amount of people dying across our nation and around our world. Hospitals were overflowing. Every cough, sniff, you know, sneeze uh, might might be COVID-19. The psychological effects of these last two years will continue to evolve and be studied for years to come. What are the long-term effects on our children, their education, their socialization, their fears, their anxieties? And then there's a departure of the workforce, struggling small businesses, the low morale of teachers, the plunging trust in our nation's leaders. Anybody else feel like they've been through an emotional, spiritual, and political battle these last two years? That's how I feel. And when you feel bad, when you feel beat up, when you feel disappointed, when you feel confused, life just loses its brilliancy. 
Colors fade, sounds mute. All of life becomes gray and dull, and we slip into maintenance mode, just getting by, doing what we can to pay the bills, feed the cats, and wait it out. Honestly, a lot of what makes life rich just slowly evaporates. And one casualty of these last couple of years is our ability to dream. Collectively, we're not dreaming as before. We're not as hopeful when we awaken in the mornings. We're not as excited about the future. We've settled. We've moved into survival mode. We're sluggish. Now listen, no judgment for me. If that describes you, I promise you I have no criticism because this last season has been one of the most difficult seasons I've experienced in 25 years of leading. I was tempted on many occasions to crawl into an emotional and relational hole and hibernate. Say, why? Tired. Exhausted, really. Exhausted from keeping everyone excited, from giving more than I have, from believing for people who couldn't believe, for waiting on things to get back to normal, from thinking I could solve problems, from brainstorming ways to keep people connected, exhausted from disappointment. Deep fatigue. You ever been deeply fatigued? I don't mean that you're just tired from working hard and you come home and you take a long nap or a long sleep and you get up and you feel better. I'm talking about so deep, you're so deeply tired, it's like in your bones. It doesn't matter how long you sleep. It doesn't matter how many naps you take. It doesn't matter how many movies you watch. It doesn't matter how many, you know, entertaining trips you take. You're just tired even at the end of all of that. And when you're that tired, nothing feels better than, you know, trying to sleep it off, trying to take another nap. And there's nothing wrong with those things. We, we got to do that. We're humans. We need the rest. We need extended vacations at times, all those different things. But here's what I've learned. I can't stay there. And neither can you. At some point, and it's different for every person, but at some point, there is a line we cross where we are no longer resting, we're rotting. We are no longer waiting, we're wasting. We're not sleeping, we're dying. And life begins to lose its meaning and purpose, and we just get up, and we go through the motions, and we come home, and we do it again the next day. And what I've learned is that we've got to learn what it means to dream again, to believe things can be better, to accept the challenge, to move forward despite the difficulties, to set the bar high again and say, I'm going for it. To awaken our drive, our hope, our vision, our significance. So here, here's how I want to begin the series today, okay? I, we're going we're gonna to move into one of my favorite stories in the New Testament. And we're going to walk our way through this story. And I'm going to make five observations from this story. Identify some truth within them and let you connect the dots. I'm not going to tell you exactly how they fit your life. You're smart. You can figure it out. You can make the connections. You can walk out of here with one of these observations or all five of these observations. You can apply it to your life. And if I do a decent job, and I'm going to do my absolute best today, if I do a decent job, you're going to leave here today and every weekend of this series informed about what dreaming again looks like and inspired to get started. Let's go to Matthew 14. The story we're walking through today 
takes place immediately following one of the most famous miracles Jesus ever performed, the feeding of the 5,000 by multiplying bread and fish. Almost every person you meet, at least in the West, has heard of this miracle. Now, I don't know about you, but if I had been present when Jesus took five loaves of bread and two fish and multiplied it and fed thousands of people, and at the end, they picked up 12 basketfuls of bread and fish left over, I'm telling you, that would have astounded me for months, if not years. I thought to myself, you know, if I'd have been there that day and I would have watched Jesus take this little lunch from this little boy and pray over it, break it, and pass it out, and it feeds all these people, man, I think I'd have been like, Jesus, what is next? What can we do? Give me a mountain. Let's take it. Whatever I got to do, whatever you want to do, I'm on your side. Then something interesting happens. In verse 22, immediately following this miracle, we are told right then, just after the miracle of the bread and fish. Now, the timing is very important. These disciples finished witnessing one of the greatest miracles ever recorded. They are flying high on faith and adrenaline. But in a few hours, they will enter one of the most terrifying and challenging nights of their lives. Do you make the connection? Let me help you. Most often, some of our greatest challenges will immediately follow some of our greatest successes. Life is seasonal, right? Darkness follows light. Light follows darkness. It's sunny, then cloudy. Warm, then cold. Anybody alive yesterday? Warm, then cold. Life, then death, then life. Everything's seasonal. Whatever you're in, you'll be out of it. Whatever you just came out of, you'll go back in. It's seasonal. Watch this verse. Right then. Some translations say immediately. Right after the multiplying of the bread and fish. Right after this miracle. Right after the celebration. Right after the laughter. Right after the delicious lunch. Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead to the other side of the lake while he dismissed the crowds. I wonder why he had to make them get in the boat. Come on, guys, get in the boat. I think they were high-fiving one another and celebrating the multiplying of the bread and fish. They were so excited. They, did, they didn't know what they were going to do. If you know the story, they were dumbfounded. They're like, Jesus, we need to send these people home. They're hungry. We don't have enough food for all these people. He says, you give them something to eat. We don't have anything to eat. Takes the bread and fish, multiplies. It's just a miracle. I think they are just like so excited. This is incredible. We got a chance to be a part of this miracle. And then Jesus says, okay, guys, go ahead and get in the boat right now. You don't even have time to wait to dismiss the crowd. You You guys get in the boat. I'll dismiss the crowd. You go ahead and go to the other side of the lake. Now watch the progression here. When he sent them away, he went up on a mountain by himself to pray. Evening came and he was alone. Notice slowly distances growing between Jesus and his disciples. Just a little while earlier, they were both together. They were multiplying the bread and fish. The disciples were helping to pass out the bread and fish. The disciples were collecting the leftover bread and fish. They were working together in a partnership. Now, Jesus goes up to a mountain by himself to pray, sends them out onto the lake by themselves. Meanwhile, the boat, fighting a strong headwind, was being battered by the waves and was already far away from land. The sense that you get here is they're a long way from security. 
On land, your feet are solid. In the water, you're not too sure. Jesus is not in the boat. He's up somewhere else alone. They are in the boat. There's a distance there. It says when evening came, now darkness has set in. Do you feel, you feel the mood of the story? A few hours earlier, they are with Jesus in the daylight, feeding crowds of people amid the shouts of joy and celebration. Jesus is the hero, and they're right beside him. No doubt they are reveling in the excitement and basking in the light of the kingdom of God coming to earth. And as they ate the miraculous bread and fish, they must have thought, this is it. This is what it means for heaven to come to earth. God in the flesh, close enough to touch. A few hours later, they're in a boat being tossed by the wind, feeling sick from the waves, and Jesus is nowhere to be found. They are a great distance from land, from safety, and from their perspective, from God. This is where we've been. These last couple of years, we immediately went into a storm. Just a few years ago, things were good. Overall, miracles were happening, weather was calm, bread and fish were available. Specific to FPC, crowds of people, lots of volunteers, larger budget, outreach trips, conferences, on and on it goes. Then immediately, right after that, everything changed. And when it changes, it is so easy to lose sight of the good, to forget the miracles, to wonder where God is and if we're going to be okay. We went from blue skies to stormy weather. We went from peace to fear. We went from normal to chaotic. And when the, blue, when the wind blew across the lake and the boat rocked and the disciples feared for their lives. Listen, listen, listen. Let's give you an insight here. They had no idea what was getting ready to take place. They couldn't fathom within a few minutes while they're on this boat and the storm is all around them, they couldn't fathom within a few minutes a miracle greater than the multiplying of the bread and fish was about to happen. And this miracle caused all of them to reevaluate everything and revealed a truth that each one of them would carry to their graves. But from inside the boat, bracing from the wind, rocking from the waves, the disciples couldn't see it. The opportunities for the miraculous were tucked inside the storm, but they were too focused on the winds and the waves to notice. Just on the other side of the wave, right on the other side of the rising mist from the lake, walking toward them was Jesus, but they didn't see him. Very early in the morning, he came to his disciples. I want you to notice this. When did they get in the boat? When did the storm happen? When evening came, Jesus was up by himself. When evening came, they're in the boat. This is early in the morning. How long is it between evening and early in the morning? A few hours. They've been in this boat for a while. Very early in the morning, he came to his disciples walking on the lake, but they didn't know it. He reveals himself to them in just a moment. But to get to them, this, to me this is so insightful, so helpful, so encouraging. To get to them, he started walking on the lake a long time before they saw him. The miracle was on the way long before they realized the miracle was there. The opportunity was in front of them, but they missed it. So let me give you op- observation number one. Dreamers find the greatest opportunities within the most violent storms. 
out of the 12 disciples, only one, Peter, sees an opportunity in the moment. They're all in the boat. They're all rocking. They're all scared. They're all worried. All of a sudden, in the distance, they see what they think is a ghost walking on the water. And you'll see that in just a moment. But only Peter is the one who gets up and thinks, you know what? If Jesus can walk on water, why can't I walk on water? Only Peter walks into the storm to meet Jesus. The other 11 remain in the boat, hunkered down, scared. Let me ask you a question. What about you? Right now, in your life, for some of you, there is a storm raging around you. I don't know what it is. A physical storm, financial storm, emotional storm, spiritual storm, relational storm. I have no idea. But there is a storm raging around you. Your world is being rocked. The winds are hitting you. You are afraid. And you have every reason to be afraid. But where there is, where there is a storm, where there are, is opportunities to fear, there is an opportunity for a miracle to happen. Do you see it? Where is the miracle that's on its way, waiting to be realized? Do you recognize what's happening? Dreamers see opportunities within the most violent storms. Most people never see it. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were what? Terrified and said, it's a ghost. They were so frightened, they screamed. Just then, Jesus spoke to them, be encouraged, don't be afraid. Peter replied, if it's you, Lord, order me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. Dreamers, see opportunities within storms. Observation number two, dreamers leave what's secure, face their fears, and risk it all. Folks, the disciples represent two kinds of people. And these two kinds of people are present in this room right now. These two kinds of people are watching online right now. These two kinds of people, you are either in this category or you're in that category. Everybody falls into one of these two categories. Those who look at a storm, see what it is, remain seated, afraid of what they will lose. The other category of people look through a storm, see what could be, take a risk, excited for what they will experience. Which kind are you? In the boat, scared of what you might lose, or standing up, getting ready to step out onto the water because of what you might experience? Now, it's really important we understand this about Peter. He wasn't sure what was going to happen. See, we read the story after it occurred, and we read ourselves into the story like we would be like Peter. I tell you, if I were there that day and Jesus would have walked on the water, I'd have been like, yes, let's walk on the water too. I would have been like, Jesus, can I come too? We always seem to put ourselves in the story after we know what happens. But Peter didn't know what was going to happen. This was happening in real time for him. It was unfolding in front of his eyes. He was living it. He had no idea if he would sink, walk, or both. All he knew for certain is Jesus invited him to get out of the boat and meet him on the water. 
The need for certainty has smothered a lot of dreams. And if you wait for assurance, you will remain in the boat. Now, folks, I'll be honest with you. In the boat, there is security. In the boat, there's comfort. In the boat, there is what you know. In the boat, there are most people. But in the boat with most people, there's gossip. In the boat, there's whining. In the boat, there's complaining. In the boat, there are limits. And yes, on the water, there is risk. And on the water, there is fear. And on the water, there is danger. And on the water, there is loneliness. But on the water, there are stories to be written. On the water, there are miracles to be experienced. On the water, there are legends to be revealed. On, written, there are leaders to be revealed. On the water, there are lives to be changed. Where are you? In the boats? On the water. Observation number three, dreamers go even if no one goes with them. Look at this verse. Then Peter got out of the boat and was walking on the water toward Jesus. Not a group, one, one. One of the most difficult realities of those who dream and those who risk and those who try and those who succeed is they are often by themselves on the water. Most of the time, it's not a group of people who are attempting to do something great. It's one guy, it's one girl, it's one dreamer who says, you know what, I think things can be better. I think things can be different. I want to experience something great. Typically, it's one person who steps out and makes a difference. Most people stay in a boat and discourage other people from getting out. Now, there is nothing in this story about the other disciples discouraging Peter, but I know people. And I'm confident the other disciples were less than enthusiastic when Peter asked if he could walk to Jesus and Jesus said, come, and Peter throws his leg over the side of the boat. If the 11 people who remained in the boat were like a lot of people I interact with throughout my life, then I imagine some of them probably said something like this to Peter. Peter, what are you doing? You're going to drown. Sit down, man. If it's Jesus, he'll be here in a minute. Stay inside the boat before you get yourself and all of us in trouble. Plus, if, what if it's not Jesus? I mean, what if it is a ghost? This is no time to show off, Peter. You're always running your mouth and getting yourself in a load of trouble. Jesus told us to get in the boat and go to the other side of the lake, and that is what we're going to do. We're going to stay here, and we're going to wait. Most people are happy where they are, but not dreamers. Because dreamers are on their way somewhere else. Most people are content with as is, but not dreamers. They want to know what's next. Most people love the boat, but not dreamers. To dreamers, the boat is merely transportation to their dream. Most people ride out the storm, hopeful to make it to safety, but not dreamers. To dreamers, storms are opportunities to experience a new level of faith, of life, of skills, of God. But I will warn you, fellow dreamers, that if there is a 
dreamer here, a dreamer watching online, from one dreamer to another, you will most likely be alone on the water. But that's okay. Because once your dream is realized, you'll have plenty of fans and people want to know your secret. It's the dreamers everyone thinks are crazy who go out and succeed, come back and write a book, and everybody buys it. It's the guy who's crazy until he actually makes it work. And then other people are like, oh, you know what? I knew that. I think once Peter returned to the boat, a few of his disciples were probably like, Peter, that was amazing. I was, you know what? I was just getting ready to step out. I, I, I was getting my shoes on. I was getting ready to step out on the water. And then all, all of a sudden, there you are. You and Jesus came back into the boat. Whew, maybe next time, next time I'm going with you. That's how people are, right? You're crazy until you do it. Then you're a genius. Observation number four. Dreamers push through failure and trust the process. But when Peter saw the strong wind, he became frightened. Hey, let me, let me just let you in on a secret, okay? Dreamers also get afraid. Dreamers are not immune to fear. Dreamers are not immune to being frightened. Dreamers get afraid too, but the difference is dreamers push on. Water walkers push on. Boat people stay back. It's what you do with your fear that determines which category you're in. When Peter saw the strong one, he became frightened as he, he began to sink. And he shouted, Lord, rescue me. And Jesus immediately reached out, grabbed him, saying, you man of weak faith, why did you begin to have doubts? Listen carefully, dreamers. From where you are to where you want to be is not a straight line free from failure. Between here and there, between you and Jesus, there are waves and there are winds and there are fears and there are doubts and there are uncertainties and you will walk on water. Oh, yes, you will. But you will also sink and at times wonder if you're dying. It all comes together. And when you think you've worked out all the kinks, right, when you think you've got the process down, You'll stumble. Something will happen. Somebody will let you down. Somebody will disappoint you. You'll screw up. You'll fall. You'll lose your focus. And every time you do, and it will be more than once, trust me, every single time you get afraid, every single time you stumble, every single time you lose your focus, you will return to your dream for you are a dreamer. You will return to your mission for you are a missionary. You will return to your goal. For Peter, it was Jesus on the water and his fear and his sinking didn't stop him. For me, one of my most vivid dreams is to build a community of people in an average city who love one another and who figure out together what it means to follow Jesus. And over these last 20 years, I've seen it. And other times I've lost the vision. Sometimes I felt like I was walking on water. 
And there was a direct line between me and Jesus. Other times, all I could see were the waves, the winds. And I thought, sure, I was going to drown. That's the process. It just is. That's just the way it is. Dreamers understand that. They don't quit. They understand it's part of the process. They keep moving. They keep moving. They keep moving. Dreamers know that and they never give up. Sometimes they defy gravity and float. Sometimes they prove gravity and sink. But they keep walking. And when they fall and they start to drown, they know what to do. They cry out for help. Save me. And there will be a hand that will grab you and pull you up. Observation number five. Dreamers walk toward what's new while others wait to return to what's normal. I want you to see this this, in, this, in this verse. And I hope I do this justice so that you can feel this and really see it well. Verse 32 says, when they got into the boat, the wind settled down. What is it talking about? When Jesus and Peter returned, they stepped into the boat. When they stepped into the boat, the wind settled down. Now, what I find interesting about that is the entire time Jesus was walking on the water, the wind and waves continuing to blow, continuing to batter the the boat. When Peter steps out onto the water, the wind is blowing, the storm is raging. The entire time Peter walks toward Jesus, the entire time he sinks, the entire time Jesus reaches up, grabs his hand and pulls him up back onto the water and together they walk back to the boat. The entire process, wind is blowing, rain, the waves, the storm never stops until they step into the boat. When they got into the boat, the wind settled down. Now watch this. Then those in the boat worshiped Jesus and said, you must be God's son. I want you to notice the timing. When, then. When the wind calmed, then the boat people worshiped. When the storm subsided, then they acknowledged Jesus. When things returned to normal, then they became great men of faith. But not Peter. Peter didn't wait. He didn't need a when to produce his then. Peter walked toward the storm. Peter experienced Jesus inside the storm, amid the waves, within the winds. That is the nature of dreamers. Dreamers do not wait before they worship. Dreamers do not wait before they acknowledge. Dreamers walk toward the future. Dreamers walk toward the challenge. Dreamers walk toward the storm, knowing that what's in front of them is more exciting and holds more potential than anything behind them. So let me ask you a question. Are you a water walker or a boat person? Are you sitting in the boat with other boat people making fun of those attempting to walk on water? 
Are, are, are you in the boat and gossiping about those who went out and tried to walk on water and fell down? Are you in the boat talking about how silly it is to try something great like walk on water? I mean, who can walk on water, right? Nobody can walk on water. That's crazy. Get in this boat. Or are you one who steps out, sees opportunity within the storm, risks it all, knows that failure is possible, probable? Who are you? Have you stopped dreaming? Have you put your plans, your hopes, your vision, your passion for the future on the shelf? Hey, listen, if, if, if so, if, if there's something stirring inside of you, if there's a dream that you have, and it, as I begin to talk today, as I begin to call this out, there's a flutter inside of you. There's something down inside of you that says, you know what, I have that dream and I let that dream slide. I, I set that dream on the shelf a few years ago, a couple of years ago. I put it up. I was going to school, but then I just said, you know what, with everything that's cha changing in our society and with all the stuff going on, I'm too old now. I can't do that. You put it on the shelf. Maybe there was a dream to start a business. Maybe there was a dream to start a ministry. Maybe there was a dream to launch a group. Maybe there was a dream to, to I have no idea what your dream is. And as I begin to talk about it, it just kind of begin to flutter there. It kind of, it's, it's, it's kind of arising within you. Is it you? If so, is it possible you're here today, not by accident? Is it possible, maybe, just maybe, there is a bigger reason why you chose to get up on a Sunday when you lost an hour of sleep and it's cold and it would have been so much easier to stay in bed and have another cup of coffee and cover up, but instead you showed up. Maybe, maybe it's unaccidental. Maybe, just maybe, this message is a call from Jesus for you to step out of the boat and meet him on the water. I want you to think about this with me, okay? Can you imagine what would happen if the dreams of the people gathered just in this room were fulfilled? I bet if we went around this room today and said, hey, is there a dream stirring within you? Some of you would say, no, not really. I fulfilled my dreams or I don't really have any. But there are a few of you that would say, yes, yes, yes. And I would say, what is it? And you say, I've been wanting to start this ministry to reach these kinds of people. Imagine if that dream were fulfilled. Well, I've been wanting to go back to school and finish this, this degree and then start this or do this or get this job. Imagine if it was fulfilled. Well, I wanted to adopt a child. I wanted to, imagine if that, how much of a difference would it make in that child's life? All the people that you're reaching through your business, the degree that you have to reach this, to start a church, to start a ministry, to start a company. I have no idea. I don't know your dream. But what would happen if just the dreams in this room were fulfilled? We'd change literally our city, our region, just if the dreams here were met. Now multiply that by the people who came in the first service. Multiply that by all the people watching online. Multiply that by all the people who will watch this message a month from now, two months from now. See the potential? Is it possible? Is it possible that you're here for a reason? But too many of us stay in the boat. And maybe, just maybe, 
this message is a call for you to step out. Let's pray. Father, we bring ourselves to you with our dreams that many of us have set on a shelf. We tucked them away and we thought, well, it didn't work out for me. We tucked them away because some other boat people told us it was silly to try. We tucked them away because we were looking at the winds and the waves and we were scared. We tucked them away because these last two years have just beaten the energy out of us. It's beaten the dream out of us. But Father, today you are speaking to someone like Peter who asked if he could come on the water. He initiated. He said, is it okay? Can I come? Father, I believe that you're waiting for some people to say, can I do it? Is it okay? I want to try. Give me permission. I want to go. And God, I believe that if more of us would have that attitude and more of us would have that determination, you would say to more of us, come on, come on, let's do it together. Come on, let's watch incredible things happen. Come on, there's a miracle to be made in the middle of the storm. Speak into our lives. Speak into our families. Let your spirit literally blow the slow dying embers that are in our souls, that are in our hearts, our minds, and let the pure oxygen of your spirit ignite a fire within us. We step out and we watch you do incredible things in us and through us to touch so many more people. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Wow, thank you guys for being here today. Go dream and watch incredible things happen. We'll see you.